This is a Federal News Network podcast. Courthouses and courtrooms have been no less hard hit by the pandemic than in any other part of government. Some recent highly publicized cases have put judges in a spot they generally don't like, the spotlight. For more on how judges at all levels are faring, we turn to the president of the National Judicial College, retired Coast Guard Chief Trial Judge Benis Aldana. He spoke with Federal News Network's Tom Temin. First of all, just give us a little bit of background on the National Judicial College. I'm not sure that's an entity that a lot of people are fully aware of. Sure. The National Judicial College was founded in 1963 by Justice Tom C. Clark. Uh, There was a task force that was created to see what was needed to uh, provide continuing education to primarily state judges at the time. And so the institution was founded with the support of the American Bar Association and a number of foundations. It was first located in Colorado Springs and had a successful year. And then a year later, it was relocated to Reno, Nevada, where it has been since then. Uh, with a number of support by local individuals here and, and foundations and continuing support from a number of organizations. So we've been here since then. And you get military judges and also the administrative law judges from the federal levels to your courses occasionally? Yeah. So while our primary focus is state court judges, uh, we do have judges attending our courses from the federal side, mostly military judges and also federal administrative law judges. We have a counterpart in Washington, D.C., the Federal Judicial Center, that primarily provide judicial education for Article Three judges. Got it. Well, if I had my choice, I'd much rather head out to Reno for, for a course than in Washington, D.C., but be that as it may. In the contact with the judges of all levels that are coming through, what's your sense of the effect of this pandemic on courtrooms and court proceedings and, and on the judges themselves? Well, as you probably know, a lot of the courthouses have closed or their operations uh, since mid-March, at the start of the pandemic, you know, with some limited video conferencing or virtual conferencing to hold some hearings. You've probably seen in the news some have resumed some level of jury trials, although not a lot, and there'll probably be some backlogs uh, at the end of the year once uh, the courts reopen fully. Uh, I think the courts are currently monitoring every situation. Um, It's a continuing uh, fluidity in terms of reopening operations. The courts have really been focused in making sure that, you know, the courthouses are safe places, but, you know, none of the in-person hearings are currently taking place generally. And what judges have found out is that a lot of the virtual healings are actually been effective. And I think that the uh, current pandemic has shed light on the fact that some of these platforms are here to stay. I can recall the first time anyone remembers seeing a computer, a laptop in a courtroom, and that dates back to the O.J. Simpson trial quite a long time ago. So it sounds like the technological revolution, to some degree, has come into the average courtroom that they can conduct hearings and conduct proceedings remotely. Yes, I think that before the pandemic, if you'd ask judges if they're willing to hold teleconference or video conferencing hearings, there's probably a lot of reluctance. But I think those who have held uh, teleconferencing and video conferencing hearings have been surprised, I think, and have been welcoming. And so here at the National Judicial College, we've had a series of webinars related to uh, teaching judges how to effectively hold those hearings. Our partner organization, the National Center for State Courts, have also had a number of uh, working groups to assist the courts in dealing with these challenges. We're speaking with the Honorable Benis Aldana. He is president of the National Judicial College. And as a former judge of longstanding and been involved in these matters for many, many years, 
Is it possible for judges to get the, I don't know, psychology of the person that's before them, for example? I mean, as a judge, do you sometimes size up a person and their mannerisms to tell whether you believe them or not? And if that's so, can that transfer to the video setting? I think that's probably one of the challenges, I think, not only for the judge, for the jurors who potentially would be hearing a case virtually is uh, being able to have that type of dynamic. That's one aspect that's probably lost, but it's, it's something that the courts are aware of and trying to deal with. On the other hand, some people are intimidated by the online technology. I know many people that don't like to have their camera on during Zoom sessions because they can't stand looking at themselves for whatever reason. So it kind of works both directions too, doesn't it? Right. You know, I think during the early part of the pandemic when judges uh, have started using Zoom or other platforms to hold hearings, there was a number of hiccups and challenges. But I think uh, as uh, we continue to grow more comfortably with technology, not only judges, but other court participants, I think it's getting better. There's no substitute for an in-person proceeding, but uh, obviously the current challenges, you know, we need to do something to be able to continue some of these hearings. So, and in the criminal context, you know, there's a number of constitutional implications that presents challenges in, in not having, you know, speedy trials and having to hold potentially a uh, virtual jury trial. Those and, are all issues that the courts are aware of and are grappling with right now. And I wanted to ask you about the judge whose son was recently murdered. This made all of the newscasts and so forth in a terrifying incident. And in general, do you get the sense that the dangers to judges is on the rise? And how do judges feel about it that you've come in contact with? Well, you know, I was recently interviewed and I had mentioned that it's an inherent part of the job and judges are trained and uh, at least here at the National Judicial College, judicial security is something that we take seriously and we uh, incorporate in our um, courses for new judges, you know, providing them some training both in terms of their own personal security, but their security of their families. And so I really feel sorry what happened to uh, Judge Salas and uh, extend our condolences to her, but it's an inherent part of the job and We are trying our best here to make sure that judges um, get the proper training and develop necessary uh, security steps to make sure that they uh, protect themselves. And and also courts are also working. This is courts and court administrators are working on this issue. I recently attended the uh, conference of chief justices and the uh, conference of state court administrators. Uh, This is definitely continuing to be a high priority on their radar to make sure that their judges and uh, court staff are safe and secure. Dennis Aldana is the president of the National Judicial College. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. You can hear the Federal Drive on demand anytime. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.